Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are modern homemakers. I, I'm stumbling over my speech because I feel very verklempt. I feel very verklempt because this is the last podcast of 2020. How could you feel verklempt about the ending of 2020? Most people I've been talking to are saying they just can't wait to turn the page and have it over. I think I feel verklempt because it has been a remarkable year. And all of you who make time to share with us, encourage us, donate, uh, give thanks, make what we do worth doing. And I had an opportunity to look at what I'm going to call today a review and a preview. Uh, and the review includes the kinds of things that we did in the year. And I don't know about you, but I always want to talk about setting goals, how to do it. I want to encourage you to go to my book, which is the book called Secrets to Getting More Done in Less Time. And in that book, you will find several chapters about setting goals, why to set them, how to set them, the statistics that continue to maintain decade after decade that people who set a goal and actually write it down they have an 80% higher chance of accomplishing it than someone who gathers around the table and says, what's your goal for the year? And they say, monkey shining. And uh, they don't even get monkey shining done. So I, I love the end of the year. I love looking back and seeing. I'm, what has always been true is when I pause to look back, I find more good stuff than I remembered. Now, what is that about? us. I think it's a human trait. We remember the hard stuff. We remember the pandemic. We remember being sheltered. We remember losing our jobs. We remember sending our children home. When I already work at home a 40-hour week, and where am I going to put the children and how I'm going to supervise their schooling and manage it? We remember the hard things. So I want to encourage you to do two things. I want to encourage you to set a simple goal for next year. If you're not a goal setter and you've never done it before, then just get a phrase, get three words, set it down on a piece of paper and pin it up somewhere prominently and make it the goal for 2021. If you're a goal setter like I am, and if you have a copy of my book or want to get a copy, there are seven categories that I recommend that you look into that include your spiritual well-being, your marriage relationship, your friendships, and set some goals, your career, your education, your spiritual life. Set some goals, write them down, and go forward. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is look back for the good things. Just take your planner, take your computer, go through, buzz through your emails or the files you opened. Reflect on your calendar if you keep a hard calendar or a computer calendar. Where were you? What did you do? What did you say? What groups did you meet with? What ministry did you serve in at the church? Pause and look. And I just want to pause with you for a few minutes, reminding you that the Ministry of Modern Homemakers has been dedicated for 35 years to four things. And people often say to me, how can you do the same thing for 35 years? Four things. I don't know, except that one day, 40 years ago in neon lights, I, 
I promise you, I'm sure it was highlighted in a neon yellow. In my Bible, in the book of Titus, it showed these four areas. Who she was as a woman, who she was as a wife, who she was as a mother, and who she was at keeping a home. And I said, let's go. Let's just go out and do it. And we did. And year after year, in public um, classes um, around the country, around the world, we stayed faithful to those four. Podcasting, we began over 17 years ago, and we've stayed faithful. This year, we have set our course to stay faithful in helping you be a woman, a woman of faith a wife who makes marriage her highest priority relationship, a mother who makes raising children, raising children, a priority of her life, and the maintaining of a home. Now, I want to thank you for your kind words, your letters, your emails, your purchases of the resources that are available on our website, your use of the resources, because we can see how often you open and use them. There was a review from one of the podcasts that had to do with mothering that I I just want to read it to you. It's a very sweet beginning. It says, Donna's voice is sweet and comforting. I don't think anyone's ever called my voice sweet, and I'm going to tell my husband that I have a sweet voice in case he's forgotten. She talks about the rhythm of the day and the themes of the Bible, etc., but here's what she said that was profound. I have been on a quest to strengthen my theology and doctrine so that when my children are older, I can answer their hard questions. Listening to Donna while I fold laundry, bake, or do dishes brightens my day. Thank you, whoever you are, who affirmed what we try to do and we do want to teach you and guide you and give you information that will help you be that kind of mother, a mother who strengthens her own theology and doctrine, passes it on to her children, and is available to answer their questions. We did a lot of that last year. We did a series on a home is holy ground. We we did some things regarding our enemies and facing our nation with the idea of loving our enemies. We talked about the political forecast and the truth of who was really in charge. We did interviews with many people throughout the years from throughout the year, from Adele Calhoun to Ted Wiesty to my dear friend Joan. We gave away over 300 books that were given to us, to listeners, simply for writing and saying, I'm listening, and where they're listening from. We, we talked about Advent and Lent. Uh, we talked about what is a family. We did eight or ten shows on what is a family, a tower of truth, a place of honesty, a place of education. And a lot of that was from Edith Schaefer's book. We talked about cleaning out our homes and what was something I needed to throw away and what something I needed to give away. And during the pandemic, when we were suddenly at home with all of our stuff and needed all the space, we talked about decluttering and how to find that space and how to clean practically everything. We did a series on training your children and training your children how to be money wise. And that was tied to a whole series on finances. How often can we talk about finances? Can we look at it and understand that it is better to have less than more? We talked about thriving in marriage and money, and we did that with Shanti 
Feldhans excellent help in her newest book. We did tributes to Elizabeth Elliot and my dear friend Emily Barnes. We did a series on courage. And in last year at Lent, we did the seven statements of the cross, which we'll probably do again this Lent. We take these 40 days of Lent before the crucifixion and resurrection, and we take these 40 days of Advent before the birth of Christ, and we prepare our hearts to receive these two sacred days on the Christian calendar. We've talked about staying married and being married, and the unity in our friendships and radical forgiveness. It was quite a year, and we're glad that you've joined us. We are delighted to look forward to next year. And one of the things I want to do as we end this year is talk to you about a subject that's very near and dear to my heart. I was raised on it. <laughs> I was raised on mentoring. And it wasn't until I was 36 or 7 years old and a few young women came to me and said, we'd like you to mentor us. And I said, no, go away. And they said, what do you mean now? I said, no, I'm, I, I can't mentor you. I don't... I don't know anything. What could I mentor you about? And I said, no, literally said no. No is not a word I say very often. If anything, I had to learn how to say no. Yes. I say, well, yes, sure, I can do that. The Lord and I will do that together. Yes. But I didn't. I said no. And about six or seven months, they came back later and they asked me again. I said no again. And then the second time I said no, I paused. Yes, I thought, wait, am I listening to God? Am I receiving the requests of something God might have in store for me to do. And in those months that followed, I did a thorough investigation of my life to that point. And I realized that pivotal women all through my life, from literally the first weeks of my life, when my mother, who was 14 years old, about to be 15, gave me to two older spinster women to take care of me, the mentoring in my life began. There were aunts and neighbors and teachers who mentored me. They mentored me. They walked into my life. They knocked on my door. They told me things I didn't want to hear. They told me things I thought I could never do. And they grew me up. And they loved me and cared for me and taught me the Word of God. Not my seminary professors, women who knocked on my door. I wrote a book, one of the books, of the nine books that I've written, the book that I'm probably the most fond of, and it's called Finding a Mentor, Being a Mentor. And that was really my life's work. That is what I have done. And when I come to these shows, I feel like I'm a voice of mentoring. And I recently read a couple of paragraphs on this subject that I'm going to read to you today. We're talking about um, the book of John when he says, um, He who was with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing, and all are going to him. Now, John is saying this statement because someone's telling him What's going on? I thought you were John the Baptist. So, a few lines of description. To understand this sentence, it's helpful to understand the dynamics of discipleship in the days of John the Baptist. Dallas Willard's definition of a disciple is helpful. 
A disciple is someone who spends so much time with a teacher that they become like the teacher and can learn to do the things the teacher did. It was an apprenticeship, a model of learning. The only difference is that in an apprentice, we only seek to do what the teacher does. They don't seek to become like the teacher. Disciples in the days of John took this training so literally. Now listen to this. I'd never heard this before. In all the years I've talked about mentoring and did research, I'd never heard this before. The disciples in the days of John took this so literally, they often slept under the bed of the one who they were learning from. The close proximity of the disciples to Jesus in the last three years of his life is a good picture of what I'm talking about. The success of a rabbi was tied to the number of disciples who literally followed him. The observer in the lesson here is talking about this discipleship, this mentorship. John, in humility, casts away all his jealousy, for he understands his calling from God to help people become like Jesus, not like themselves. Isn't that amazing? So the rabbis during John the, the New Testament's time were very interested in creating lookalikes. No one has ever tried to create me to look like them in all the years that women have mentored me and taught me and trained me. If anything, there were times when I wanted to look like them. I wanted to be like them. I wanted to do exactly what they would do. And my dear friend, Elizabeth Elliot, who's been gone now for six years, I can still vividly remember sitting in her private study. It was one of the first times I had been permitted. You know, I've talked about friendships where you start on the curb, Elizabeth and I started in a seminar, and then I went to her home, and then I sat in her living room, and then I had a dinner with them, and then I went upstairs, and then I got into her private study. It was like an, a, an evolution. I am sitting in her study, and I've been wanting to ask this question so many times, but I think this is it. Now is the time. And so I say to her, Elizabeth, so do tell me, in this space where you meet with God, I'm in her little study space like her prayer closet. What is it you do? What, what? She said, well, it always includes Bible reading and prayer. And I, I ask her the same question four times in four different ways. And when she answered the fourth time, I realized she was never going to tell me. And I, I left there thinking, Hmm. 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 I wanted to know. Why did I want to know? And you know that I did not understand the answer to that question till someone did the same thing to me. And it was like a light exploded in my mind. I thought, she wants to do it the way I do it. And that's not what God calls us to. I want you to love God as God calls us to love him. I love God, but I love God my way. And our podcasts here are to encourage you to know God, if you've not met God, to meet God, to know God, to love God, to read his word, to be faithful, to be, as Paul said, imitators of him in only the way that he imitates Jesus. I live my life for Jesus, but I'm a human being. 
and I make mistakes and have many failings and falterings. I don't want you to live it as I live. I don't want you to go to your prayer closet and do it the way I did it, the way I thought. If I did it the way Elizabeth did it, then I'd be as grand and wonderful as Elizabeth was. And she was grand and wonderful and a very strong and wonderful blessing in my life. So uh, this year we'll continue the way we've always been in 2021, and that is that I will teach you what I know I'll remind you of stories and incidents that happen in my life, which make me as vulnerable as I can be in this vehicle called a podcast. And we'll start beginning our lessons um, always in talking about who you are as a woman, wife, mother, and homemaker. And the first of the year, we're going to open God's Word and begin teaching the Sermon on the Mount. It'll take us some time. It's only three chapters. It begins with the Beatitudes. Ever memorized those when you were growing up in Sunday school? It talks about being salt and light, the law and the Proverbs. It talks about anger, adultery, divorce, making an oath, loving your enemies, and that's only chapter 5. Chapter 6, it talks about why we do what we do. Why do we give alms? Why do we pray? Do we pray out in public so everyone can see us and say? And then we'll look at the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is in chapter 6. Many of us have memorized it, but don't know much about it. It talks about fasting and our storing of treasures and not serving two masters. It talks about not being a worry wart. And that's chapter 6. Chapter 7 talks about judgment. Judgment. We have some so quickly able to judge one another. And the scripture is very clear to tell us that we should not be judging. That it is not up to us to be judgers. And that only God can judge. We'll talk about the golden rule and the narrow gate and the fruit, the tree of the fruit of life and what it means to be a hearer and a doer. And that'll be chapter 7. So we'll be at it for a while. I may pause because it gets to be Easter time and I'm still not finished with the Sermon on the Mount. I may pause, but I hope you can hear in that overview the various breadth of the kind of subjects we'll be touching about. The narrow gate, that's about your walk. The narrow gate, that's about your mothering. The narrow gate, that's about the kind of marriage that you are fostering in your side of the marriage. So we invite you to join Modern Homemakers and myself, Donna Otto, and the many guests that we have throughout the year to Modern Homemakers 2021.